0: This podcast is produced during the pandemic and hence the audio quality is home produced.
1: Welcome to Beyond the Lines, a podcast by Roli about books, culture and our times.
0: Well, our political dynasty is here to stay in India's democracy. Or are we witnessing the death of dynasties from politics? What has gone so terribly wrong with the Congress party? And does the grand old party stand a chance at revival anytime soon? Now that Jyotiraditya Sindhya jumped over to the Bharatiya Janata Party, a coup to remember, are the long drifts, divisions and cleavages within the Sindhya family part of a forgotten history? On a phone call, we chat about this and a whole lot more with writer, journalist, researcher and political analyst, Rashid Kidwai, also the author of the latest book, The House of Sindhya's, published by Roli Books. I am Chirag Thakkar and this is Beyond the Lines. Welcome to Beyond the Lines, Rashid. Shall we dive straight into it? Yeah, thank you. Uh,
2: thank you for your uh, introduction of mine rather ravishly.
0: Rashid, I want to start by looking at the last two years of the Modi government from your eyes, from your point of view, and then move on to what you make of the years that are left for him to serve in office, right? So okay. shortly after inheriting the second term, a massive unprecedented majority, the BJP starts to witness resistance from the ground and constant political and natural challenges. You see the anti-CAA and NPR protests that translate into a proper organized movement. You have the Kisan and mazdoor movements that we are currently witnessing. And then you have the pandemic that waltzes in from nowhere and wreaks havoc on everything around. Through all this, the one thing people seem to be saying is, where is the Congress? Why are we witnessing, and that is my question to you, why are we witnessing the weakest opposition in what many would call the most appropriate time to strike the iron when it's at its hottest? What's happening? The
2: Opposition is feeling the heat and they cannot get their act together. Remember, India is increasingly becoming a prime ministerial democracy. Prime Minister is a shining star among lesser moons and Mr. Modi's popularity has always been 50%, 60% and more. So the opposition is not able to find a face. The problem with the Congress party is that political leadership of Congress party is firmly with the Gandhis. Gandhis themselves, particularly Sonia Gandhi, Rahul Gandhi and Priyanka Gandhi, they fancy themselves as trustees of power, not power wielders. They have seen in the life of Indira Gandhi and more so from Rajiv Gandhi that becoming prime minister is not so important. They need to do justice with that job. As Rahul Gandhi keeps thinking that you know he should first deserve, then desire. In politics, it is very difficult to decide when you deserve it. And that has been a root cause of problem or crisis in the Congress. Most congressmen want Rahul Gandhi to be 24-7 politician, employ every trick in the trade to score over Narendra Modi and BJP. Whereas Rahul Gandhi wants Congress to shine and stand up and fight, which is very difficult. The Congress party over the years, because of high command culture, has become used to a situation where a leader fetches them vote and in return, they give fulsome loyalty. And this relationship has been largely transactional. But now that Gandhis are not delivering in terms of electoral success, there is a crisis because Congress on its own cannot stand up, even now, six years have passed that Congress has been out of power. Even for a mayoral election, for civic polls, seal of approval for candidates come from either Sonia Gandhi or Rahul Gandhi. So that system has not been dismantled. And within the Congress, the fight is for number two or number three position. Uh, Average Congressperson, including leaders of all uh, levels of hierarchy, They don't wish to challenge Sonia Gandhi or Rahul Gandhi or for the Gandhis, but they want to be part of that coterie, decision-making apparatus. The problem is that such posts are very few. And therefore, you see that there is no solution to the political crisis or leadership issue. Rahul Gandhi is a very unconventional politician. He thinks that those who believe in his vision of India, idea of India, they should Stay on with him, and all those who want to move to, to greener postures, they are free to do so. Problem with Rahul Gandhi is another that he's not been able to articulate himself, he's not speaking enough, he does not have media on his side. Whether it is his in- inability to communicate with media, he tries to convince what Barack Obama observed in his uh, autobiographical account that Rahul Gandhi tries too hard to impress, I think that has a grain of uh, truth. And this is a major problem with the Congress party. But this is not something unusual. We must also remember that the Indian opposition waited and waited for years and decades when Jawaharlal Nehru remained Prime Minister for over 17 years, Indira Gandhi was Prime Minister for 16 years. The first recognized leader of opposition in India came into existence in 1969, whereas first elections were held in 1951 and that too it was a breakaway Congress party leader. Upper opposition in Indian politics came in 1977 when Indira Gandhi was defeated. So this has been such a legacy and history of contemporary Indian
0: politics. I see, I see. I see a lot of the strains that you're picking on in terms of what's really wrong with the Congress party and how the party, given that it's such a centralized party with the three Gandhis controlling pretty much everything, there isn't much room for, um, uh, for leadership to emerge from bottom up, right? It's, the structure is so top down that the party doesn't seem to encourage a culture where leaders can emerge and flourish on the grassroots and then make it their way up.
2: I, I just want to add one more thing. See, There is also a problem. It is, I would say rather elitist and fashionable to talk about Congress leadership minus Nadu Gandhi family. Imagine a scenario where Rahul Gandhi was not leader of Congress party in 2019 Lok Sabha elections. Think the fortune of election would have been any different or for that pattern in 2014. If popularity rate of Narendra Modi is 50% or 60%, I don't think that a Shashi Tharoor or a Khulam Nabi Azad or any other leader, a non-Gandhi, would matter. And I'm seeing it as a, as a journalist, as someone who has roots in society, having interacted with a large number of people. Invariably, I asked them formally and informally that would they have voted for anyone if Rahul or Sonia was not a leader? The answer has been an emphatic no. In my book, in my coming book, which uh, Rolly Books is publishing, House of Sindhya, I have mentioned how Jyoti Raditya Sindhya lost from Guna his Lok Sabha seat in 2019. Sindhyas have never lost any election, assembly or parliament since they started fighting 57 onwards. There have been several Sindhyas. Rajmata Sindhya was in fray, Mother of Sindhya fought and won, Jyoti Raditya won, and uh, Vasundra Raja Sindhya and Yashodra Raja Sindhya. They all have been winning elections, only time Rajmata lost when she contested against Indira Gandhi in Rai Uttar Pradesh. Jyothi Garitya Sindhya lost 2019 Lok Sabha elections when he was supremely confident of retaining Guna and he lost to a political worker who was his constituency agent at once upon a time. Many voters did not know when we went back after elections in Shivpuri and other parts of Guna parliamentary constituency, many could not even remember who they had voted for. They voted for Modi. So I think Jyotil Kya held Rahul Gandhi responsible for his defeat because Rahul Gandhi could not match to Modi's popularity or Modi's stature. So this has been the sort of, I would say, a real face of Indian politics. So therefore, changing political leadership of Congress is not going to help unless they get an alternative to Modi, be it from a political class or from outside Raghuram Rajan or any other person who's, who's not a conventional politician. If there is someone who can come forward and be a prime ministerial face or a badge to Modi, I think then things would change. Otherwise, this is not going to help.
0: I hear you. Um, you say that Jyotiraditya personally saw Rahul Gandhi as responsible for what was supposed to be a given win. And in 2020, we saw, we saw Jyotira Ditya dumped the Congress um, very unceremoniously and joined the BJP just slightly before the national lockdown was announced. Something his grandmother... Rajmata, Vijay Rajai, Sindhya, the co-founder of the BJP, would have been happy to see, right? Now that the family is reunited in the big BJP fold, would the many divisions um, in the family be left behind? Where do you see this political dynastic family going on from here? I think there is something rather fascinating about uh,
2: politics and individuals who dabble in politics. In politics, two and two don't necessarily result four. the entry of Jyotiraditya Nelitia Sindhya in the BJP has been welcomed by both his aunts uh, Vasundhara Rajay and Yashudra Rajay Sindhya. But this is, as we say, this is a, just a, a front. The reality is that they all not in one political party, but in Narendra Modi, Amit Shah scheme of things, Dynasty has severe limitations. They don't like it, though there are several political dynasties are there uh, within the BJP, but they don't like it, they don't appreciate it, they don't want to promote it. Going by that yardstick, only one of the three Sindhya is going to excel in national politics. Will it be Jyotarita Sindhya? He is a natural choice, Uh, he is the most promising uh, many would think. And the BJP, the amount of effort they have done, that extra mile to get so many Congress MLAs, it would not have been possible without active approval or support from both Prime Minister Modi and Mr. Amit Shah. So there is a great deal of disquiet. Family members would deny it, but the reality is, that even if their supporters and associates, uh, they believe that. There are just too many Sindhya's in one political party. When they were in different branches of uh, different side of political stream, it was workable. Suppose there is a, tomorrow there is a cabinet issue for the center. That would say Jyothra Sindhya is likely to become a minister, not Masundra Rajay. And assembly election in Rajasthan would be held in 2023. So she has to wait just as a, you know, principal opposition leader in Rajasthan. Similarly, Yashodra Rajesh Sindhya finds herself, she's a Sindhya, but there are so many Sindhya supporters are there in Shivraj cabinet. So every time Mr. Shivraj Singh Chauhan, who's the Chief Minister of Madhya Pradesh, if he wants to do something for the former Gwalior state, he has to decide whether he would do it for Jyotiritya Sindhya or for Yashodra Rajesh Sindhya. There are about six ministers who are personally loyal to Jyotiritya Sindhya. So the political turf, the dais is heavily loaded in favor of Jyotaritya Sindhya and not Yasudhar Rajya Sindhya. I think the time to come, these things will become more pronounced and we'll see opposition within or outside and not to say that Yasudhar Rajya Sindhya's son, uh, though he has not formally joined politics, but there's a lot of talk of him, Akshay Bansali joining politics at some stage. Similarly. Jyotiraditya's son. There is a lot of speculation. He is already being a key campaigner for Jyothi Ritya Sindhya, Whether he will be drafted in in politics, maybe as a state MLA or so, and in the neighbouring places, the Digvijay Singh son is there in Raghogarh. So all those problems, political problems, are there, which are bound to be there. I don't think the present arrangements, what we saw in March 2020, is going to last log that is going to be disquiet and some element of bitterness. I
0: see, I see. Rashid, you've observed the Congress so closely over decades and you've seen their rise to prime and their fall to, at the moment, irrelevance. Were you to get a chance and humor me here, okay? Were you to get a chance to have dinner with somebody like Indira Gandhi? What are the two of you likely to talk about? We, ha- we
2: are going to talk that why there is this illusion of grandeur. I mean, those are reason why Sonia Gandhi came in politics because she could not allow sort of disintegration of Congress party during Sitaram kesari's time. But having given back to back, you know, victory to the Congress, a taste of power from two thousand four to two thousand fourteen, why Gandhi's are not able to take a back seat? This illusion of grandeur, this whole idea that without them, Congress will disintegrate is something that I think Indira Gandhi would have been quite concerned about because there's a limit to it. Uh, Average Congress person is not, uh, is hugely indebted to Sonia Gandhi, but they just don't want to go on professing loyalty without electoral success. A real problem, which present day Gandhis are not able to comprehend, that uh, Young generation, particularly those who are born after year 2000, they don't like this very idea that there was Motilal Nehru, there was Jawaharlal Nehru, there's Indra Gandhi, there's Rajiv Gandhi, there's Sanjay Gandhi, there's Sonia Gandhi, and there's Rahul Gandhi. And perhaps there would be other newer members of Nehru Gandhi family, Rehan Gandhi or so. So there, it's nothing to do with the qualification or lack of it. Merit or lack of it. But the whole idea that in a 21st century democracy, we can just go on having one Gandhi after another. And this is something Indira Gandhi would have understood it very well, which Sonia Gandhi or for Dr. Priyanka Gandhi, unable to comprehend.
0: Right. Uh, well, I know it's too soon to be uh, making predictions right now. But, you know, if you were to speculate, how do you see the 2024 election play out? Who do you think are going to be the game changers and front runners? Where do you think the likely challenge is going to emerge from?
2: I think there is one possibility of a likely challenge coming from within the BJP that the present day government, uh, BJP or NTA, is facing a lot of disquiet which is being buried uh, under the carpet. Youth are unhappy because of uh, economic situation, even before COVID-19 hardship. There are a lot of problems, the government is facing, with other individually castes like JARs and Marathas. Uh, they are not liking whatever is going on in the country. So you see there is a lot of resistances there in big states like Tassel and Bengal, which will of course unfold in May 2021 in the assembly elections. Tamil Nadu, again election on state where BJP, in spite of working and trying to influence many regional players including actor uh, Rajdi Khan has not been able to get a foothold in Punjab, in Maharashtra. No, but if you look at the whole history of India, recent contemporary history of India, you will see that the coming together of India as a nation has been a very complex process. There have been Regional or sub-national aspirations in Bengal, in parts of Maharashtra, what we know as a you know Maratha power, Punjab demand for some kind of uh, even before independence some kind of homeland. These are all complex problems, and of course in Tamil Nadu again uh, sub-nationalism uh, or regionalism. Very painstakingly you know, put together. And the a lot of credit uh, should go to Indira Gandhi and uh, Congress governments also in taming these regional aspirations. But if people don't get sense of power, electoral power, I think there is going to be some problems or some challenges are bound to be there. We are seeing farmers' agitation, we have seen the Shaheenbagh agitation. Government of the day is very crafty. It knows what it is doing. And it is making a very judicious and a very clever use of media and other institutions. So we are not able to see the big picture. But if you close your eyes and see the number of unhappy people, the marginalized sections, in the sense who are facing economic hardship, those people who are not getting you know, a sense of power, particularly intermediary caste in India, you, we keep seeing a lot of reservation agitation, Maratha reservation, Jat reservation, all these regional aspirations are bound to become more aggressive, more hawkish. So it is not going to be easy for one party's rule to continue.
0: Right. Perhaps that's a slightly hopeful note, actually, to be um, ending this segment on, because I think more contest is, um, is anyway good for democracy. So before we let you go, I want to do a quick round of rapid fire questions in our segment, get to know your author, where I'll be asking you quick questions and you have to respond to them swiftly without taking much time, right? So if you're ready, I can start with the rapid fire round. So Rashid, a travel destination you cannot wait to go to? Turkey, Istanbul. Okay. Rahul or Priyanka? Priyanka. Okay. I hope the Congress party is listening. Can Shashi Tharoor be the next Prime Minister of India? Yes or no? Uh, Probably yes. Mm, Okay. Muradabadi or Laknavi Biryani? Laknavi, there is no such thing as Muradabadi Biryani. (laughs) Okay. More about that later. Three writers that influenced you deeply? I think several authors, but I think... Quickly, three writers. uh, uh, Three writers, uh, Vikram Seth, Khushwan Singh, Amitav Ghosh. Okay, that's good. A TV show that you're currently binge watching? I always uh, like cartoons, Cartoon Network,
2: uh, Tom and Jerry. Wow. Dodo Man, all of them. I don't watch news anytime. I watch Cartoon Network.
0: I was not expecting this answer. (laughs) Your favorite board game? Chess. Chess. Uh, What is the one thing uh, you don't know how to do, but you wish you did? Ironing clothes. Okay. I think I share that with you partly. If you had the chance to live the life of a person for a day, who would you choose?
2: I would want to be Mahatma Gandhi and experience how anyone could make so much sacrifices.
0: That's a brilliant answer. Thank you, Rashid. This has been such fun um, and such a pleasure to be in conversation with you. And uh, thank you. Thank you for coming on Beyond the Line.
2: Thank you, Chira. Thank you for... uh, efforts. I don't know how my responses were, but... You are really good.
1: Thank you, everyone, for listening in. This was Beyond the Lines by Roli. If you liked this show, then subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and check out all our books on rolybooks.com. That is R O L I B O O K S.com. Since you are here, you can get a 20% discount on all the featured books in this podcast series with a special coupon code BTL20 on cmykbookstore.com. That is C-M-Y-K-B-O-O-K-S-T-O-R-E dot We'll be back soon with our next episode. In the meantime, do tell others about our podcast and stay tuned.